The worst was sibling number five. She would take the longest siblings. Sorry, she would take the longest showers. <laughs> yeah, she was so long. Wait, wait, can, can you just redo that? I'll redo it. We can keep that laugh for another joke that I make though later. Yeah, we 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 have to insert pre-recorded laughs whenever you tell a joke because they're not funny. But um, ting. All right. Hi, I'm Daniel, and I'm the oldest. I'm James, and I'm the second oldest. I'm Andrew, and I'm the third oldest. We're We're brothers! And this is Mormon Raised. A sibling podcast. Today's episode is called Take Me to Church, because we're going to take you to church. Welcome to Mormon Raised, a podcast about what it's like to grow up in a big, kind of crazy Mormon family. We're the first three children of seven it's a lot of kids don't worry we all turned out okay speak for yourself i turned out fabulous all right let's talk about what it was like to go to mormon church every sunday every fucking sunday that's right every sunday we went to church for meetings mormons don't have sunday worship services they have sunday meetings at least three hours of meetings every sunday and i loved every hour. So the way it works is everyone is assigned to a congregation, which they call a ward. Like a psych ward? Yes, that's exactly what it is. All right, we are a little crazy, but I I guess it's kind of like a hospital ward in the sense that it's a subdivision of people that meet together, in this case, based on where you live. And usually there are a few wards that meet together in a building. It's not like other churches where you get to choose to go based on if you like the pastor or the building or whatever. You go to the ward you're assigned to. Right. Let's talk about the building. What does it look like? Ugly. Fair. If you've ever seen a beautiful Mormon temple with like white marble and beautiful gardens and that golden angel at the top blowing a trumpet. That's not where you go. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You go to... You go to church in a meeting house. Like a chapel. And they're very plain, no crosses, not a lot of decorations. Basically, they look like a community center with a chapel, a gym, and a whole lot of classrooms. And carpet on the wall. The prickly, very painful carpet, classic church design. Classic, cookie cutter, whatever you want to call it. They all look the same, and it's boring. Two or three wards meet in each church building, so they have to stagger the start times. It's usually 9, 11, and 1 p.m. And each year we take turns. So one year we met at 9 every week, and the next we would be at 1 p.m., and then the next time it was at 11 a.m. Which one was your favorite? None of them. Well, (laughs) the best was, I think, 11, you know, not too early, not too late, just right. Goldilocks. Ugh, but then you don't get out of church until two. And you're starving because you haven't eaten lunch. I like nine o'clock because you get out at noon and you still have the rest of the day ahead of you. But it's really hard to get everyone ready by nine, especially if you have seven kids and you want to look good. Growing up, we really only had one kid's shower too. The worst was sibling number five. She would take the longest showers. We would keep banging on the door over and over again trying to get her out. If you knock again, I'm going to take longer. (laughs) (laughs) If you were one of the last siblings to take a shower, there was no hot water left. Honestly, it never bothered me because I was always the first to get up in the morning. So I got first dibs. That's a complete lie. (laughs) Bullshit. You were not up first. 
dad was up first and then of the siblings probably, you were middle of the pack probably two or, or probably yeah four was maybe one of the early ones the people who had choir i still always got my way if i i don't know okay i did have to fight for it sometimes <laughs> the worst part was actually trying to get the kids into the car i think you mean cars with an s it took us several cars to get to church at least two Sometimes three. Yeah, do we remember when we left number four at home and nobody noticed? Oh my god, I do. She was like five years old. She was terrified. Granted, it was only like ten minutes, but still. <laughs> okay, this makes our parents sound horrible. <laughs> That's what I was worried about. <laughs> it was almost, I mean, it's honestly, it's a feat that we didn't get left more often. <laughs> I was left at church once. I probably was around 12 or 13 and I had to didn't have a cell phone obviously so I had to use the church phone to call home. This was a lot of kids and to be honest I think our parents were saints for getting us to church every Sunday at all. I mean it this was not an easy feat. Um, sure sometimes we were walking into church a little bit late but so is everyone else in the ward. Plus, I like arriving a little bit late so everyone can see my outfit for the week. <laughs> you mean your white shirt and tie? Because that's what everybody wore? I tried to be creative. I had a lot of sweaters. I, my ties were usually really creative or really colorful. I, I did my best with the white shirt and tie. Remember when you went into that sweater vest phase? You'd always wear like one of those like, sweater vests to church. <laughs> I had a lot of sweater vests. <laughs> Your midsection was uh, nice and toasty. <laughs> but at least it was something different. Yeah, it, it's really hard. It's hard to stand out and be different at church. I mean, what would happen if somebody showed up, say, like a guy showed up in a blue shirt? It means that they're a sinner. I mean, I assumed if somebody, if a guy showed up in a blue shirt that he'd done something really awful, like, I don't know, masturbated. Or maybe he was an outsider. How sinful. All right, can we finally break it down? <laughs> okay. So we got so all right, there's 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 these meetings, 3 hours, 1 hour each meeting. The first meeting is called sacrament meeting. And it's called sacrament meeting because they pass the sacrament. And sacrament is like communion. It's when you take bread and water to repre that represents Jesus's flesh and blood. And it's passed out to the congregation by young men, usually 12 to 14 years old. You had to wear a white shirt. That was drilled into you. And the reason you did it is because passing the sacrament is your calling as a 12-year-old, one of your callings. Yeah, so Mormon church is not like other churches where you have a paid ministry that is trained and actually knows what they're doing. Mormon church is just run by ordinary people because they have a lay ministry, meaning everyone in the congregation kind of pitches in and helps out. So you got the 12 year olds that are passing the sacrament and then you have uh, people who are called to certain positions. So like there's the Bishop who is kind of like in charge of the congregation and he might be, you know, like a dentist or a lawyer or a businessman, but uh, that's his assignment for five to seven years. And then part of his assignment is to assign other people to different callings or jobs. And if you're a woman, then you're the choir director or the pianist. <laughs> right. Let's just say not all jobs are created equally. <laughs> and so at the sacrament meeting, there's speakers. And the bishop isn't 
always the one who speaks. No, he's usually not. I mean, he like introduces yeah. the, the meeting, but he assigns people. Yeah, he assigns normal people like you or me to go up and talk for approximately like 10 to 12 minutes. I would say most people in the congregation get asked to give a Sunday talk like maybe twice a year. I'd say less, like once a year. It depends. Uh, they always asked me more because I was so good at it. No, I was. Yeah, I was right. really good at it. I loved it. I could do I could do all the good stuff. I would quote the scriptures. I know that you wanted to make sure everyone knew how righteous and how perfect you were. The dictionary definition of Daniel is someone who thinks he's better than everyone else. Here's a quote from one of our prophets about Daniel. Daniel was in the lion's den and he thought he was better than all the lions. <laughs> That's pretty much how it started out every most of the most of the uh, the talks. Yes, you throw in a couple, you know, you throw in a CS Lewis quote and then a couple metaphors. Oh my gosh, the metaphors were so over the top. People would bring in films or stories that they have read. I remember people bringing in something from Star Wars, from Lord of the Rings, Lion King, whatever it is, and they would try and relate that back to the gospel. And it was so overdone and so ridiculous. I would roll my eyes constantly. The Holy Ghost is like the Force in Return of the Jedi when... It tells Luke what to do. <laughs> well, that's actually a new hope, but... Sorry. Nerd Sorry, alert. nerds. We got it wrong. <laughs> so the most important thing about any good Sunday talk, which of course included all of mine, was that you had to cry at the end because crying was like the evidence of your sincerity. So as you were Evidence of sincerity and spirituality. If you cried, that meant you were really close to the spirit and that you were so spiritual. Yes. It was like, it, it, it was, that was like the witness of God. That's how God was manifest in people was through their tears. It's kind of a weird God if you think about it. But they were happy tears, Daniel. (laughs) They were happy tears. tears. And I was so good at it. I would like practice. Would you really? Oh, that's new information. Oh my God, you're horrible. Well, because you have to cry at the right (laughs) moment. (gasps) Oh my God, you would practice when you were going to cry? You fraud. Yes. Oh my God. I loved loved giving Sunday talks. I was so excited when they would ask me to give a talk. You were exactly the speaker that I hated. (laughs) <laughs> I would cry in the so I'd practice it like in the shower you know when everyone was banging on the door that's why you were taking so long <laughs> still still not as long as number five well at least he was uh, practicing in the shower uh, there's other things he could be doing in the shower that would be a little grosser uh, yeah. uh, I don't think we had any squeegees then <laughs> We did have a squeegee in the shower, and I never profaned it in that way. I never profaned the kids. The, um, <laughs> yeah, that said oh, just yeah. like an innocent person. <laughs> Choose your words carefully. All right. So that's our number one. Now let's move into our number two, Sunday school. So this is the second hour of church. Yeah, that's what our number so you- two means. Well, you yeah, just yeah, weren't yeah, very yeah. clear. So this is when you'd make use of all those classrooms. So first, everybody would talk and mill about until their teacher came and forced them to go to Sunday school. And you're in these classes based on the year you were born. It wasn't necessarily great in school. It was strictly by the year you were born. 
And the teacher was somebody who was assigned by the bishop. That was their calling. Who is your favorite Sunday school teacher? My favorite was sister. We'll call her sister OG. And I liked her because she was an artist. And so she would, oh, well, and we call, we call uh, everyone in the church sister or brother uh, because we're all brothers and sisters under God. I think that's fairly common, at least in Christian religion. So no, I'm sorry. Sister OG. This is not common. It is culty. No? It is culty. Okay. I mean, like, maybe like if you're at an abbey, like in the 1600s. Or the Sound of Music. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Sound of Music, everybody calls each other sister, right? Yeah. Yeah, in the abbey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, point taken. It sounds a fairly culty. unique thing about <laughs> a fairly unique thing about the church is everybody calls each other brother and sister pretty much without fail, at least to your elders, you know. Yeah. And and uh anyways, Sister OG was my favorite because uh she was an artist and so she talked mostly about imagery and art stuff and less about talking donkeys. <laughs> so <laughs> talking donkeys, what the fuck? <laughs> In the Bible, the story of the talkie donkey. <laughs> Apparently, none of you paid attention. No, I've never heard of that before ever. Yeah, that's where like the... that was not the kind <laughs> of story that would make me cry. Just to specify, <laughs> how do you know you'd practice? <laughs> yeah, you talk about how you learned about the talking donkey, and he just saved his owner because he was a good donkey. <laughs> He saved his, his owner from the angel with a flaming sword. And that's just like us. We can relate it to our lives today. Okay, so funny story about sister and brother. When I was in first grade, my first grade teacher was a Mormon, and she was in our ward. And I that's right. I really embarrassed her because, okay, we're going to use code names, right? So I'll call her, um, so I called her like, sister sparrow or whatever sister we'll say smith sister smith and it really embarrassed her and she had to pull me aside and say so on sunday that's what you call me but at school you have to call me mrs smith i was really embarrassed about it i got embarrassed easily as a kid yeah how embarrassing she taught me cursive (laughs) i always was assigned to teachers that were kind of less active. I used to think, and I don't know where I got this idea, but I used to think that I was assigned to be in class with people who were not very good Mormons because I was to help save them. Because you were the best oh, Mormon. Classic Daniel. Yeah, you were the best yeah. Mormon sent to save the world because you are so much holier than all of us sinners. The firstborn son of... Well, our parents. (laughs) I felt so bad because like now in hindsight, I feel so bad for the other people in my class because I was that kid who when they wouldn't show up, which was a lot because they weren't very righteous. When they wouldn't show up on Sunday, I would like go flag down the bishop and say, hey, we have no teacher today. And then he would tell us to go in another class. So instead of like sitting quietly in the classroom and just hanging out, I would I would rat us out. Everyone probably hated you. No, they loved me because I was so much better than all of them. They wanted to be like me. Sure. So we know who you would play in the Book of Mormon musical. (laughs) But mostly me. I don't remember a lot of my Sunday school teachers right now, which is kind of weird, probably because I skipped a lot. But I think my favorite, we'll call them, it was a couple. So it was two people. We'll call them... um, brother and sister young 
and they tried so hard to teach. They would prepare, I think, hours. They would bring us treats. They tried everything in the power for us to like them and listen to them. But where you were a bunch of, I don't know, 13-year-olds, 12-year-olds, we did not want to listen. We did not want to pay attention. And they would get so frustrated. One time, I remember that we sent them out crying because they were so, they tried so hard to help us listen and pay attention. And we were just horrible kids. I felt so bad. Oh my God. Are you serious? I'm serious. That's pretty rough. (laughs) But I would always try and be the good person. I would always try and pay attention and be quiet. Uh Uh-huh. I When you weren't skipping. Yeah. (laughs) If I was going to talk, I would skip. I wouldn't be rude in class. So basically, God sent me into the classroom with the teacher who needed my help. And God sent you into the classroom (laughs) where where they could help you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I... I honestly more as a trial to the teacher's faith. <laughs> Whatever. The good teachers were sent to to Andrew's class. Fun fact: this um, couple, well, uh, sister Young, reached out later and told me how uh, proud she was for me to come out and how much she's always supported me, and that she wished that or she wishes that her children would be just like me because i'm perfect wait she's like that's a sweet. she's a former mormon i think so yeah so that's she, so that's I awesome mean, so maybe i was more sent, progressive at least very right? yes i so i was basically sent into her class to help torture and then bring her out of the church maybe <laughs> you were so bad that you drove them out <laughs> and aren't they yeah i would be proud about that yes i drove them out thank goodness you know, of all the reasons to leave, that's like milk milk toast compared to everything else. All right. I think that exhausts Sunday school. Let's move on into the third hour of church, priesthood. Or Relief Society. This hour was split up between men and women because you learn better if you're surrounded like people just like you and segregated by gender see this is the one i would skip unlike you guys i liked the class with the girls and didn't like the class <laughs> with all the guys oh yeah i would <laughs> never miss priesthood that was obviously my favorite um i would prefer just the men also i feel like i had better teachers in priest quorums the, those teachers i liked a lot well partly because unlike sunday school they would never assign in priesthood like teachers who weren't very good. Like they would assign the best ones for priesthood because that was the most important. Future leaders of the church. It was also slightly more involved. So whereas the Sunday school teachers only had one day a week where they had to teach, the priesthood leaders often were more responsible for other activities and were way more involved in your life. Okay, priesthood was a little bit weird because that was where I felt like they were really trying the hardest to like condition us and like especially like in young men, they were really trying to kind of program us to be a certain way. So I remember this one lesson that we had and this was like a frequent frequent priesthood lesson was about chastity. Oh, yeah, that was the most frequent in priesthood. Once a month. At least. At least. (laughs) Where they told you uh, no masturbating, no sex before marriage. If you have sex before marriage, you're a chewed up piece of gum. You're basically a murderer. Murder is the only thing you could have done that was worse. So there there was this kid in my 
in my priesthood class who was kind of like my rival because like me he knew how to cry on cue oh my god and (laughs) he had a lot more muscles than you did shut up (laughs) (laughs) he definitely took some pills for that (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Okay, well, we're not going to name him in this episode, but... We shouldn't name him ever. Okay, let's just say there was this one lesson I remember in particular where he was asked to give like a part of the lesson that was, yes, about masturbation. And he started to bear his testimony, his witness about how his life had been enriched by not masturbating. And so he started telling us about how to because it was so hard he would put a timer in the shower and as he was telling us about this timer in his shower to make sure he kept his shower less than a minute so he didn't masturbate he started crying to like bear his testimony of that time i just want you all to know that my life has been so blessed by being good and uh I, I can't even do it. It's, and that's why he still cries after every time he has sex. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to. I would like to imagine that. You know what's really funny? I'm sure you would Gross. like to imagine him having sex. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I meant. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what. That's, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Let's talk about what church is like now. So we talked about what it was like when we were growing up. What's it like now? So in 2019, super urgent telegram from God said, three hours, nah, let's do two-hour church. So, hey, kids have it so much easier. Only have to survive two hours of church. That's right. Russell M. Nelson, the president and prophet of the Mormon church, had a revelation and made an announcement that they were going to eliminate the third hour. What I thought was really interesting, though, is how happy people were. People were praising it, saying how glad they were for this uh, revelation from God. And I wanted to comment saying, hey, if you don't like church that much, you don't have to go to any of the hours. If you were so happy that it was cut from three to two, cut it from two to zero. Wise words. (laughs) (laughs) let's pretend this had happened when we were like in high school. I would have been one of those people who was upset that, and I would have blamed the people like God is making church shorter because none of you can pay attention because you don't have attention spans because you're not as righteous as me. Oh my God. I didn't hear anyone else think that though. So if that was what's going through your mind, you're pretty messed up. Well, I think differently now, so... I would have hated the week where it was just priesthood. Because now what they do is they... Is that yeah, how they, they do it? Yeah, so they alternate every week. So you've got sacrament, first hour, and then second week, they switch off between priesthood slash Relief Society and Sunday school. Daniel, you said you loved going to church. Do you still love going to church? How do you feel about it now? Okay, so I don't love it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so when we go to church now, it's at Christmas time because that's when we're all home. And there's a lot of pressure from the family to go to church uh, during, you know, the week of Christmas. Which, And just to specify, Mormons don't go to church on Christmas Day. 
because again, it's not like a mass at all. Their meeting is just on Sunday. So whenever the nearest Sunday is to Christmas, the real reason I hate church now is because I can't keep my mouth shut. It's like so hard to keep my mouth shut. And the format of church just does not allow for dissent or alternate viewpoints. So I just have to sit there like biting my tongue. So not a lot has changed before you loved church because you got to tell everyone your opinions and make everyone know how smart you are. Now you hate church because all you want to do is share your opinions and let everyone know how smart you are. Good. Yes. (laughs) Like I want to stand up, take the microphone and tell everyone everything that I've learned about church and how uh, painful my experience has been and how I felt hurt by the church. And then I want to start crying so that they know that it's real. How many times have you practiced this in the shower? <laughs> I have I have had that fantasy vision many, many times. So fun story. When I was discovering all the church history that, you know, eventually made me leave the church and I was, I was coming across all these questions, I stopped going to church sacrament meeting and priesthood and i only went to sunday school and i just went so that i could bring up uncomfortable topics and questions that you know true things that were kind of the skeletons in the church's closet so that i could bring them up and see people's reactions you know trying to live that fantasy oh my god that sounds so satisfying (laughs) it was not as you know Unfortunately, it's not like I got to take the mic though, and I, I was still like a little bit more on the fence than I am now. So I, I didn't want to necessarily, you know, light light the place on fire. So I was trying, I was trying to do it as if I were just like a nice questioning member who had just come across these things, or you know. Anyways, it was yeah. uh, not as satisfying as I would have hoped. And I, I don't have that kind of self control. I should have practiced more by having a timer in the shower. I guess I did something similar, though. In college, I was forced to go to church because I went to BYU and you have to go to church at BYU. So I was also given a calling to teach in priest quorum. And one time they, they gave me a topic. I forget what it was, but I didn't like it. So I switched it to God's love. And I brought out how God would love all of us, even the even gay people in the world. I was never asked to give another talk or another lesson again. (laughs) So that quickly made it. So I never had to participate, which was actually better for me. So whatever. So what do you think about going to church at Christmas time now? It's hard. I do it for, um, really for our parents. I love them so much and I know that it makes them happy for me to go to church but it feels it feels weird to me. I feel like I have stopped that part of my life. I've moved on. I'm no longer an active Mormon. So it feels weird. It feels uncomfortable for me to go back to church. You know what my dream is? My dream is that at Christmas time, we could replace going to church with brunch. Because everybody loves brunch. Everybody loves brunch. That's I cute. mean, I love brunch because of mimosas, I mean, the- so I'm not sure how we could fit that in. But <laughs> yes, everyone loves brunch. <laughs> and um, how are we going to get a drag queen? There? Well, I can take care of that. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up before this episode gets longer than Mormon Church. But um, ching. <laughs> let's close this properly, just like we were raised. 
In the name of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed our wacky Mormon stories, please tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Mormon Raised Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. The music in this episode is Anthem for the Good Life by Young Presidents, courtesy Shutterstock, Inc.